podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, this is Emil Heskey, and you're listening to the guys of the Coppin Crackers. Everybody and welcome to this week's episode of Copper Broadcast, powered by Social Media Group. I am your host, Chris, and today I am joined by Annick, Ellis, Mush, and Julian. Gents, I would ask how you are, but let's be completely honest with you: everything's shit at the moment. The Reds are shit. You can't even go outside. Um, yeah, can't even do the basic things. So let's just let's just kick into the show. Um, of course, if, if you are a big fan of uh, Copper and Fracas, please head over to our Patreon page, that is www.patreon.com forward slash Copper and Fracas, and from as little as £3 a month, you'll get access to a wealth of content from us here at Copper, and uh, deep dive analysis on players, uh, instant post-match reaction shows, transfer analysis, uh, you name it, we'll, we've, we've got it on, on deck. Uh, we've got a lot of great stuff planned for February as well. So again, just from as little as £3 a month, you'll get access to all this content, and we massively appreciate it. So thank you very much. And of course, if you are watching this on YouTube, do click subscribe and click the little bell button so you'll know all instantly reactions from when we go live on YouTube. And there's new content available, not just from us here at Coppin, but from the rest of the social media group as well. So, gents, let's dive into it. Um, Liverpool won Manchester City 4. Um, it was just a mad, mad game of football, really. Um, there wasn't any part of the game where I thought we looked like a a coherent team, which is insane. But we're going to have to start from one specific area, and it's a mad couple of minutes. It's an implosion and just a brain fart, if I've ever seen one, from from, from Alison Becker, best in the world. Alison Becker, I will I will add. I think it's just an, it's an apt and horrible series of events that really sums up the chaotic and shambolic nature of this season so far for Liverpool. You you kind of keep yourself in the game. You keep your head above, head above water, but so many things go wrong, and it ends up ends up in defeat, ends up in the wrong direction. And it's just as far as metaphors go for how this season's gone for Liverpool. I think it's, I think it's the perfect one. Um, who wants to go first? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, to go first. I'm happy to take this. To be honest, um, I think a lot of Liverpool fans will naturally be annoyed with Alisson about this game specifically. Um, I don't think that spills over into kind of, like you said, Chris, Alisson's status in in the game or the squad or kind of how important he is. I think it's important to note that if everyone remembers what it was like for our run when we had Adrian in the team, uh, the moment Alisson came back in, we were, we were extremely grateful. And I don't think that should change for someone like Alisson. What I would say is that I don't think Alisson had a good game on the ball at all um, on Sunday. If you guys recall in the first half, 
any time he got it, it was like he was holding on to the ball for a second or two way too long. And suddenly it was almost like the options were disappearing. He was getting pressed. It looked like he didn't know where to pass the ball. Um, so it was a bit odd, really. It was really uncharacteristic compared to how assured you usually feel with Alisson behind the goal. I guess going forwards, all I want is for this poor game to not send him into, into a lack of confidence. Because Alisson's made mistakes before, but it's never been mistakes like this. So as long as this doesn't affect, you know, we've got enough things ruining our mood at the moment. Our our star goalkeeper going down into that as well is the last thing we need. So yeah, bad day. Let's not make that into a plural. Yeah, it was definitely a bad day at the office for, for Alisson Becker. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think he's one of those ones where he's going to kind of fester onto it and think about it for the, for the week. I mean, it's like you said, much. he's a very confident fella. And it's not going to affect him for the next game. I mean, bloody hell, he'll be doing Cruyff turns um, if Ineacho comes at him against bloody Leicester <laughs> at the weekend. Um, but, but Al, I'll, I'll come to you. Um, it's just, it's like I said earlier, it's just kind of the perfect metaphor for Liverpool season so far and, and that game, really. After the first incident occurred and you know, the ball went away, the team still were insistent on kind of just playing it back to Alisson and just doing all the, all, all the normal things that they would do, so just hoofing it up. And it's really personified by one album piece of play there. What are your thoughts on the entire kind of series of events? Yeah, I think it was just, it's symptomatic on of how Liverpool are at the minute, indecisive, um, lack of confidence, devoid of ideas. Um, like Mush said, every time Alisson did get the ball, he was always looking for an option, but the option never came. Uh, usually when you see Liverpool play football, the option's always there and he gets out of his feet and then moves it on quicker. Um, when we look at that, I think that was the third goal when Wijnaldum passes it back to him and he gives it yep. to Foden. Yeah, he kicks it out to Foden. Um, you can just see that one, Wijnaldum didn't know what to do. He was getting pressed. Um, he Wijnaldum is someone that um, is press resistant. So for him to be panicking, it just shows you that Liverpool were very, very out of out of sorts. Then he gives it to Allison. Allison again is a very cool customer in that even if he even if his kicking is not the best, he usually has a handle of things and he will distribute it uh enough to get Liverpool up the pitch. Yeah, so the, I think this the Allison yeah, the Allison the both errors is just a personification of our season. Confusion, lack of ner- a nerve a nervousness around the, the team. A lack of ideas, there's no authority. It's, it's a bit mad, man. It's a bit mad. You should have just got rid of it, though. Let's be honest. Like, the ball comes back to him from Wijnaldum. It's simple. Even Klopp said, like, just put it in the sa- put it in the stands. But at, at, at the time, at, at the yeah. time, it was 1-1. And, you know, you want your senior players, especially at the back, where we're light through that spine, just step up and just get rid of it. Um, fair enough, the first one you can understand. But when you try and do it again and you pass it straight to the other player, that was really infuriating for me. Like, fair enough. Like, look, it is what it is. Yeah, and we lost 4-1. It's, 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 it's a shocking scoreline. But ultimately, you know, it was his mistakes that cost us. So, you know, we appreciate everything he's done. For us in the past, but in this game alone, you you have to you have to pin it down on him as as, the, as to the reason why we lost. To be honest, there's not a lot that I can add to this um, this Alison analysis, but 
I do feel like we should give him a bit of leeway. Um, like a like a couple of players, and yeah, like a couple of players, he has got credit in the bag for giving us some amazing, amazing performances and bailing us out. Um, I also do think that he was like a couple of players again that he was rushed back um, into this fixture. He didn't look the most confident. He didn't look the most um, the most ready. He didn't he didn't have the best reactions to, to certain situations. And that could have been um, uh, uh, a hangover from an injury. Um, we saw it with Marnie as well, where he was he looked very lethargic when he was on the ball and wasn't really pressing as as intent as intensely as he would have. Um, and you can probably see the same with Alisson and Fabinho actually. To be fair, and, um, Alisson was very when he was receiving the ball, he looked very devoid of ideas, which is something that that isn't that that isn't something we come to expect of him. He's someone that you know if he. If he's in a sticky situation, he'll get himself out of it. Very confident keeper. But it seemed like, yeah, his head was gone. I don't know if he was either ill or actually sick. No, I'm sorry, ill or injured. That, that could have an effect on, you know, how he, you know, was, how his mind state was. But, yeah, man, um, I'm not going to look into it too much of Addison. I've, got, I've even got the Liverpool goalkeeper shot on right now. <laughs> so, so I'm sure that I'm repping. But, yeah, man, it's, it's yeah, yeah. And as Ellis said, it's just indicative of, of our season, like, if Allison is, if we can't rely on Allison in the game, that just goes to show that we're the spine is gone, absolutely gone. Let's move on to the actual performance itself because uh, I actually think the game is lost after one-one. Ironically enough, um, it's I think it's you know, it's fair to and I think it's one of those ones where they can look at it and they can say these mistakes cost us the game. But in all honesty, uh, it was just, it was another slow and quite honestly, it was a pathetic game. Um, from from Liverpool to be fair, they, they were quite cowardly in possession uh, when they were getting the ball on the edge of the box. It somehow ended, ended back up at Allison's feet in certain scenarios. Um, attackers weren't on it at all, um, and the, the midfield the, the midfield were for me diabolical. It would be fantastic if Thiago could you know calm down a little bit and not get booked within the first three minutes. That'd be fantastic. Um, it'd be great. Yeah, just 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 a really poor performance. And then you kind of look at how Manchester City were in complete opposite. They, it's it's quite, it's quite funny. They literally look like how they're playing right now is how we looked last season. So you look at how they set out. They've got two centre backs. They have got the bank of four, which worked really well. So they got Zinchenko, Cancelo, uh, Rodri, and Bernardo Silva kind of having that bank of four. Then they have got the attackers kind of moving up and. I thought they played absolutely fantastic and they, and they were good value for their money. Um, Els, I'll, I'll come back to you. The performance itself in Liverpool was, was poor um, and they just look like a shadow of the dominant force they were from the past two seasons, really. Yeah, it's funny because if we go back a year or so, we beat Man City 3-1. I think that's in, what, November of last season or something? Yeah. Of last year. Or, sorry, yeah, um, yeah, before that, we beat Man City 3-1. And Man City looked like us, slow, devoid of ideas. They had a fellow was eating up Shinzenko on that side. Fernandinho couldn't pick up uh, Bobby. Mane was terrorising. Fast forward to this season, and we are now in that position. It's it's um, I, I want to say it's sad, but it's reality, isn't it? Once you once things like this happen, your team loses a bit of confidence. You play two centre backs in. In your defence, there's no co- there's no confidence there. In the midfield, there's no authority in the midfield. I wasn't I wasn't happy with the performance of Thiago and Genie. I thought for two senior pros who have played 
hours of top flight football. I thought, like you said, Chris, they're too cowardly. No one wanted to get on the ball. I'm not too sure what went through Thiago's mind to do that kind of a challenge three minutes into the game. Um, I thought that was pathetic. Usually, I tend to leave my phone in my room and try to watch the match. But when he done that, I had to vent because I just thought that is ridiculous, bro. What kind of stupid challenge is that? Um, and I think that just set the tone for his performance. Now he was scared to, to get about the pitch. He wasn't looking, you know, get the ball. He was like, it seems like he was hiding. And a, a player of his quality, we brought him in to, to be an authority in our midfield. When the fullbacks are, are locked down, we want him to, to get the ball and move it around quick, quick, quickly, sorry. But he didn't do that. Um, at 1-1, Klopp does this mental thing, absolutely mental. He takes off Jones and Thiago. Absolutely mental to me. I didn't. I didn't mind I didn't him taking off. I, I, I didn't get. Let's let's talk about those subs actually because I didn't get it. This has been a theme, by the way, for the past six weeks. I got none of. Yeah, I got Thiago, but Jones actually looks like the brightest spark. Yeah, of the, yeah. the whole game, and this 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 bondage to uh, James Milner. It's, it's getting out of hand. Like I don't know what. Like Milner's on season what sixteen I understand that there is there is like you know some use to as much as I do say that he needs to go. There is some use to having him as a as a leader and authority figure around the club. But in must win games and must win situations where we need to be on the front foot. Bringing him on is not going to help, especially with the amount of injuries and the way we are so disjointed in midfield at the moment. It's not going to help at all. Uh, Jones coming off was was a travesty. For Shakiri was a travesty. Like that, that, that guy. Yeah, by the way, I that, guy I didn't play, that guy can't play more than twenty minutes. Like I understand yeah. if it's if it's the eightieth minute or seventieth minute, and you need like someone to just create or just give that one killer pass, but. The, so early into the second half to, to bring him on was a travesty and it just it just literally two guys that literally can't run yeah. literally ran around so it, it just it, he shot, shot himself in the foot there again man I've got to say the, the, the game wasn't the game wasn't screaming for Shakiri in midfield no you it wasn't it didn't make any sense whatsoever and I, I thought it was really harsh on Curtis Jones take him off I think the Milner one made sense because um, Sterling was was having up Trent on the right-hand side. So if you're bringing on Milner for Thiago, all right, then you can help him, help uh, Trent and cover the gaps because they weren't covering no gaps. That made sense. But then to put Shakiri on that side and he can't run anyway, and you put in uh, Milner on the left-hand side, which is not needed, it just, it was absolutely stupid, man. That's why I think we lost the game. That's why, because after yeah, that, yeah. after oh, that, yeah. else, else. It, was, it, was, it, was, it was lost before then. It, 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 it was, it was. Yeah, so it was still 1-1 and I think had he brought on just Milner, we would have calmed it down a bit. Obviously, Man City, well, they came out second half, they just looked good. The movement was good, the passing was incisive, um, the shape was fantastic, they were getting in between yeah. the lines easier. That's, that's true, but then once you disrupt the midfield and you take off two people, your, your balance is gone. And then you lose a bit of focus, if you know what I'm saying. That's where I think we 
we just lost the, the little tiny grip that we, we did have for me. I was just going to say, if I'm honest, going into the second half, I feel like the first half we wasn't bad at all. I don't, I don't think we were, we weren't great, but we weren't, we weren't out of the game. I, I definitely, I do feel like I even said in the group chat, like you know, I saw Firmino picking up the ball in some promising positions, and but it's just, it's just not working, man. And then second half, I definitely feel like Pep went into Pep went in there was like, alright, cool. What we can do now is cross the ball, let's get some crosses in, let's get the ball, let's get the ball wide to Foden and Sterling because they they were much more aggressive than our wingers and our fullbacks were definitely on the back pedal and they was like, let's get some crossing because I, I even said in the chat as well that the way our, this centre mids that centre back thing is coming, is coming back to bite us in the arse. Um, you can clearly see that Fabinho and Henderson are not comfortable with dealing with crosses. Their position's quite poor. They um, Even when they do get when they do get the ball, you can just see like they're trying to play it, play it on the ground, or they can't even get themselves out, out of position, and they just got pressed, literally pressed in every single in, in every single cross. And they, Man City just kept knocking at the door, and it was poor, man, like really, really poor. Like ah, uh, it's, it's, it's not even upsetting at the moment. It's kind of is what it is, man. Is what it is, bro. I thought it was really weird and he, he played really well. I thought it was really strange that Sky gave Foden man of the match because Sterling was something else, man. Good Lord. Second half, he was fantastic. Um, yeah, um, I, I agree. I, I agree with a lot of the stuff you said there, Julian. I think first half, and I'll come to you on this. Trent in the first half, I thought, was a, a really good attacking threat um, and most viable option. But again, it all comes back to the first half, we had the better chances. I said chances. We had the we had the best chance that wasn't a set piece in the first half. Um, I don't think enough was made of that Mane opportunity because a fully fit and a fully firing Sadio Mane scores that goal. Yeah, uh, that that's a good point, and I think what what's become really evident in the way we're playing at the moment is that for the past few years, I would not say that. Mane and Salah are a Harry Kane type of player who only needs one or two chances to score. We've always been a team who, because of our intensity and our ability to create a high volume of chances, we never really regret missed chances because we kind of have the confidence that there are more chances coming. But at the moment, watching us, I mean, it's almost like put that Mane chance on a postcard because I don't know the next time Mane's ever going to have a shot on goal again. And it's just... It's just really, really frustrating. I mean, just to add to what the guys are saying, you're spot on, Chris. I thought Trent's pass selection, the area he was playing at, um, how mobile he looked. He actually had a brilliant first half, as well as that defensively as well. He made some really key interceptions, bar the moment where Sterling dribbled past him for that pen, which I don't mind because I think football fans have this unrealistic expectation that a fullback coming up against one of the best wingers on the planet is not going to have a moment of a lapse, you know what I mean? It didn't undo yeah. Trent having a good first half because of it. And um, I, I just think a big problem at the moment is that you guys talked about what to bring on and how we could have changed it around. Based on injuries, based on how these players are playing, our most intense players aren't intense at the moment and the players we can bring on can't increase our intensity. So there's nothing we can bring on that will inspire me to be more confident that they're going to force a change in the game compared to what I'm seeing. So unless the first team players are doing anything, there's nothing that these guys coming on will bring 
that will be bust. If it's Naby Keita on the bench, if it's Diogo Jota, Diogo Jota on the bench, right. if it's one of the front three haven't played and they're right. coming on, then I believe. But I, I, at the moment, there's no one who's going to change anything for me to to even yeah. deserve to believe. Now, Sorry, I want to touch on an interesting... No, I, I think you hit everything, everything on the earth there perfectly much. Um, and this is, and this, this is why we're glad you're a proud member of Copper and Fracas. Um, <laughs> Els, I'll come to you on this. I want to piggyback off something Mush said there as well. Um, in terms of, you know, it's been well made of our injury problems, and they, and they are. They're a very systematic problem with the way we're not playing football at the moment. I think one of the biggest concerns for me is it feels like we're missing... It doesn't feel like we're missing players and players are out of form. We're missing the concept of those players. So... Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain is the perfect example of this. Rudimenting, powerful midfielder who can drive you up the pitch 10-15 yards with pure strength and take a shot at goal. He's not been out here for the better part of, what, 18 months, yeah. would you say? Yeah. We're missing the concept yeah. of that player. Yeah. Divock Origi, the concept of him who can play out wide, play from the middle, big, strong, can hold the ball up, bringing people into play. We don't have that. We have the concept of that and we're missing it. That's the most alarming thing for me at the moment is they're missing the concept of these players as opposed to the actual players themselves. Yeah, and I think that's where the problem is. Um, obviously, we all watched um, the eight-minute clip of what Carragher was saying about how the front three have played a lot of games and whatnot because club hasn't got anything on the bench. And to an extent, it's true because, like Mush said, um, if you're going to bring on Shaq, and Origi, does that fill you with a lot of confidence that all right, the level we're, we're trying to go up now, it, it, this is the level, and you're going to bring them on, and it's going to be shoulders haunched, walking about. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, someone like someone like Origi, for instance, he takes a lot of my the, the brunt of my criticism because for someone with his profile, he's quick, he's about six two, he's, he's you know he's um, he's strong. He has a decent touch. You want him to make a difference, but he doesn't want to make a difference. He just rather think he thinks he's like I said, Thierry Henry. So you know the thing about Origi is that pisses us off the most, and you know what it is. We know you're not shit. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's the worst <laughs> we know part. you're not crap. That's the worst that, part, and, that, and that's what really irritates me because I know you're not you're not shit, and I know that you have something to offer because I've seen you score some ridiculous finishes. So I need you now, yeah, <laughs> to do something different. So, for instance, if you're coming on, I mean, like, if you're, what, six one six two, leave Mane and Salah to do what they do on the side. Go into the middle and make some space. Do you know what I'm saying? So let's say, for instance, against Brighton, yeah, um, he's come onto the pitch. You've got Lewis Dunk, whoever the other two centre-backs is. But he wants to go onto the side of the third centre-back and he wants to do a couple step-up. Brother, I, I, I don't care about that. I need you to make space in the box. Do you know what I'm saying? So that's the intensity that we're lacking. And those are the, the ideas that we're lacking. Someone like Ox, to be fair to Ox, he's, he hasn't played much football with stop and start. But again, he mm. seems like he doesn't know how to play football. And it's really killing us because we need someone like, for instance, if we take it, we took off Thiago and we bring on the Ox and he gets the ball and he does move us 15 um, yards up the pitch. It's, it's, it's something different, you know what I'm saying? So there's more space, he's making that space for us. But what we're lacking now is the quality off the bench, and that's what's really, really hurting us. Yeah, I just wanted to add to this because Ellis, Ellis has touched on something good here. And I think what's really frustrating is that when you're looking for solutions during a football match, we are all speaking as Liverpool fans right now who are not unrealistic to think that Mo Salah and Sadio Mane need to play well for 38 games of a Premier League season. 
But if it's not working, which is fine, footballers can't play every week. When Juventus aren't playing well, yeah, and Dybala's not having a good game or something, what they do is they bring on someone like Bernadeschi, who's a completely different player, plays in a different starting position. He offers a completely different problem. And you can do the other side of bringing on the same type of player, but maybe he's on it today. So, for example, Bayern, when Nabri or Sane aren't on it, they'll bring Koeman in, who's a similar type of player, but maybe it's his day today. So you have two options. You either bring a completely different guy in who will offer a new problem or the same type of player, but he's got the appetite for it. We have neither. We are players who we want to bring on who we don't even want to see on the pitch, which is the worst place to be in. Yeah, we've, we've, we've got guys we're bringing on who we've actively tried to sell. So <laughs> um, it's not great. Um, and let's be real, we're not blind to the situation. And a lot of opposition fans think, you know, the we are blind to the situation. We think every player on this team is fantastic. We know there are some duds. And let's be best to be honest about it. There are some duds on this team. Um, Alec, I'll come to you for, for this next part. Uh, the chopping and changing that's gone, that's gone on in this team, which has all been enforced, in all honesty, um, it's had a fundamental effect on the way that we play football. Because um, we're trying to play in the same way. And we just simply can't. We can't get the same pressures. We haven't got the same intensity from midfield. And the midfield is the one area that I think we need to focus on because it looks fucking diabolical for me. There's there's no runners, for first and foremost. So you haven't got Thiago, is the most effective. You haven't got movement that can help back up the front three. The one time we have seen it where there's runners, it's been Wijnaldum and he popped up with a fucking goal. Where's that been for the past 18 months? Um, and th- th- you've got no one that's been shadowing and taking up positions to fill in and have that back line, which I thought Man City did absolutely fantastic. It's like, I, when, I, when I first saw how they set out and they played the weekend, I was very much like the Soldier Boy clip. I was like, they stole that whole fucking flow, word for word, bar for bar. <laughs> um, uh. but, the, but the midfield, Annie, I think it's the most polarising part and the most effective area of how we've been playing. So the chopping and changing just hasn't helped at all. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I think I think when it comes down to the midfield, I think at the moment there's just no cohesion there. There's no understanding what each player's role is. Thiago is moving between the six, moving between the eight in different games. He's starting Milner. He's starting Jones at times. He's constantly keeps playing Wijnaldum, which which I don't mind to be honest with you because I, I think his his minutes are crucial to the team. But his performances at the moment are not cutting the mustard. The two main midfielders that we're missing in there is Fabinho and Henderson. And that has been the main cog in our midfield for the past three seasons now. And having those two at centre-back, for me, is having a massive effect on our game. Henderson understands what's required of the midfield. He is there in the centre of the pitch. I know I'm going to sound very yada here, but he's giving those. He's providing those leadership traits. He knows exactly what's going on. He knows who needs to push up. We've seen the shouting videos online. Fabinho in the six. Come on, man. He's he's untouchable. And I think moving forward, considering the situation we're in, we have no option but to bring those two new centre-backs in and, and look to play them, even if it's one of them. Because for me, in that midfield, we are really missing Fabinho and or Henderson. Um, look, singling out individuals within the midfield, 
that's not me. I'm not going to come in and say, oh, look, Thiago's the reason why we're not winning or Milner's minutes are the reason why we're not winning. For me, it's the overall team performance at the moment. And I do think that, you know, as soon as we start getting Fab and Hendo in the middle, we could start seeing a bit of a change in that midfield and moving forward, especially assisting the attack, we could maybe see some goals. I think the mix is crap at the moment. I think that's a big thing. Like, what are we? At the moment, what are we? We're this flimsy possession midfield that isn't that attacking, doesn't protect anything. Like, at least even the Brexit midfield or the midfield that I remember Julian used to hate, right? The the Hendo, Genie, Milner midfield or whatever you get. At least, right, with a midfield, it is 100% of whatever identity we're trying to be. Right now, we're this like mix of nothing, which which looks nice, like you're saying, Krish, as a concept. But what way, going backwards or forwards, is it really facilitating? Neither. Well, if if it's on the edge of the box, it's going backwards, Rush. You know that. There you go. Back to the middle third, where all dreams go to die for. That's that's it. No, I I was going to say yeah, I I I agree with um Anik, honestly. Um, we've been. Every, I, I believe that this centre-back injury issue has had a big, big effect on every single area of our of of, of our of our formation. Because um, Liverpool at our best, we lack we lack a machine with loads of cogs. We need our centre-backs to be able to provide cover for our right backs when our right backs are bombing forward. We need our midfielders to um to you know um we need our midfielders to cover to cover our our full our full sorry full backs when we're when they're bombing forward and to be able to pick up the slack. Our fullbacks going forward is what gives um, our, in, our wingers the chances to make the runs inside and maybe, you know, find that pass which is, which, so they can create their magic. And even even to, to performances like Thiago, I really feel sorry for him because he's out here looking like a, like we signed a dud, but he's he's definitely victim of, he's definitely victim of, you know, our midfield not, be, not, being, not being solid enough because I definitely feel like on our best... On our best, like for example, when he came on against Chelsea, um, even though we was going up against ten men, Thiago was is there to be our create was there to be our creative outlet to keep the ball ticking. But if he's hardly getting the ball, or if he's getting the ball, um, and and he's constantly under pressure and has to put in, you know, and probably resorting to why he gets so many yellow cards, having to put in so many tackles and put out so many fires because you know he has to cover for our for our centre backs, our centre mids, our centre back, it's, it's it's damaging. Like we need Henderson in the midfield to. To you know, as 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 Alex said, make shout, do do all the shouting, keep people in positions. We need Fabinho to be that cover, and also that, and also one of our creative, one of our one of our most creative midfielders um, from last season was to, to progress the ball up from from the number six position. And yeah, man, it's it's this chopping and changing, and also um, let me let me give the players that actually played some leeway. I feel like we we've, we've definitely been let down by a couple of injuries as well. Um, I definitely feel like Mane. Um, being rushed back into this game because it was, of course, a big game against Man City. He's, um, you know, why, 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 what, what has Shakirian, um, Shakirian Origi given us to, you know, to, you know, um, have them play and, and give Mane a rest? They haven't. They haven't given us anything. Diego Jota maybe, you know, would have been the option. And to be fair, Klopp has done this. You know, bought, bought players like Jota um, and Keita, but we've just been very unlucky in the in the fact in the fact that these players have been injured and have been out for a while. So it's it's this chopping and changing is 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 I, I wanna 
I want to get, I want to, I want to give Klopp some leeway on this, man. Like, I want to give Liverpool, like the players, some leeway on this as well because we've really been hit hard by some injuries this season. Like normally I'll be angry, looking to blame guys like Firmino for our terrible performances, looking to blame who God knows who, but we've been hit hard, very, very hard by these by these long injuries, and it's like especially for a game like Man City, like Klopp can only go with the players that he that he trusts, and yeah, man, it's sad. It's proper sad, bro. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, Els, I'll come to you on this bit as well. I want to pick up on something that Julian said, and actually, to be fair, everyone said realistically, the strength of this Liverpool team throughout this um, kind of two-three season run has definitely been the spine of the team. So, you know, you go through, you go through the entire team. You've, you've got Alisson in goal, you've got Virgil at uh, centre midfield, you've got Fabinho, uh, you've got the lads in front, and then you've got the guys up front. In terms of the key cards for this, for this Liverpool machine, They've mainly been missing for the entirety of the season. So when you don't have the spine, the entire body just falls away. That's, do you think that's been a key? I mean, I, I mean, I know, I know you'll agree, but in terms of that being a key issue as to why we're not playing the way we should be, do, do you agree? Yeah, yeah, I do, I do. Um, I saw a statistic from Simon Brundish. He said that, um, if I remember correctly, Liverpool have got sixty-one percent less uh, points than last season. But of the eleven players that played a lot. They've played about 60% of the games or 60% less of the games. So you can see that our main spine is what's causing us causing us the biggest issue. So if you go from Van Dijk not playing, that leaves a vacuum at the back. Um, his presence, his ability to defend one-on-one, his, his ability to at least push the team up 15 yards, that's not there. And his um, overall... His overall effectiveness is not there. Then the midfield, Fabinho, who um, Pep Lynch has called the lighthouse. He's he's the player that, one, smokes out the trouble and gets Liverpool playing again. Henderson in the middle, that regular, someone who keeps the ball moving. Then also the lads in front, because the people behind them are not used to their movement, it's, and they're used to their movement and pattern of play, it's kind of broke down a, a couple of times. So I do believe that, not having your regular spine is going to really affect your overall play. And also, now, the people who, for instance, let's say um, Curtis Jones is a young kid, he's coming in to take over someone else's position. He's not really used to the way we play yet because it's his first full season. So we're having to chop and change, bring people who are not up to the standard of the players that are leaving the positions. So it, it it has really disrupted us a little bit. Um, But having said that, I'm of the opinion that you can't lose the games. You can't lose games against Brighton and Burnley at home. Because, because even if you haven't got that quality that you usually have, the quality that you do are left with should do better. Do you know what I'm saying? So um, the injuries are to blame. The lack of our normal spine is to blame. But then again, we should have enough quality to beat the Brightons and the Burnleys of this world. I, I sorry, can I can I step in? Yeah, because I, I do I do disagree with some of what Ellis has said. I agree with the premise that you know obviously injuries to key players obviously are going to affect your ability to hit the heights of what you should be capable of. Absolutely fine. But what Julian was talking about about cogs right in a machine, if the if the pieces have changed, if the players are new, why are we still trying to play the same way? with players who probably can't execute that same way of playing. So at the end of the day, if it's Thiago there instead of Genie in that left um, midfield position, if it's Curtis Jones instead of Hendo, why are we still asking them to 
execute the same instructions when they have a different skill set. The last time I've seen it work well in our team was when Klopp against West Ham and Tottenham changed it up for a diamond because he tried to accommodate for a new set of skills. So for me, it's been a bit lazy on Klopp's part to say, I have this brilliant plan A, but I just expect my players that I've signed to fit into my plan A. We, Liverpool as a club, have been way too meticulous with their data, with their planning, to suddenly be lazy enough to just throw a job spec at any footballer and expect them to execute it. And that's what's been most disappointing about me about this one. I don't expect us to be ahead of Man City. But what I did expect was we've been dealt a hard hand of cards. Let me at least feel like I'm watching a team who are dealing with it as best as they can. I don't feel like we've dealt with it as best as they can. I'd accept being four or five points behind City, but we're more than double that now through our own lazy decision making. I would also also want to put some shine on FSG as well. Um, I definitely feel like this this, um, over-reliance on our um, quote-unquote plan and FSG model to buy players at, at a cut price um, and also to you know, kind of ride, kind of kind of ride our luck a bit when it comes to investment, has really come to bite us in the arse this season. Um, I do genuinely believe if we had, you know, if we had invested in Cab, if we made the move for Kabak and Davis earlier in the, in the transfer window, by by the time we got to Man City, we probably would have been, they probably would have been, you know, up to speed on what to do and what to and what um, and how to defend and how to be a centre back at Liverpool Football Club. And we would have um, had Henderson in our midfield. Maybe Fabinho would still be our centre back. Who knows? But yeah. um, we could have, we could have hoped for for Fabinho and, and Henderson to be back at to be back at centre back. So it's just a yeah. Even though I I, I do believe that you know I, I agree with Mush that um, if 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 this plan A that we're riding or die that we're doing a ride or die with, apart from the game at West Ham. It's got to, there's got to be some sort of wiggle room. Um, we can't just keep, you know, saying, all right, we're going to have that one number six that's going to, that's going to cover the centre backs. We're going to have these, he's going to have these guys to, you know, press, um, press the ball up to Salah and enjoy, and, you know, and, and our fullbacks during the attack of Salah. No, we need to, we need to adapt. We need to be, you know, you, you, these guys are millionaires. Clock, it's clock, clock gets paid, you know, God knows how much to, 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 to be a manager. And, you know, if, if, a, if a plan A, is all we have, then uh, you've got you've got you've got to criticise that. So yeah, man, um, FSG definitely have to take some of the brunt, brunt of the blame because I definitely feel like you know we could have we could have been well well equipped to adapt for this game, this big must win game, and we wasn't it wasn't at all. Well, let's just back on the um, the Quebec and Davis point as well because I think it's a really good one. It's not like they weren't going going anywhere else at the beginning of the window. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's a it's a loan for Quebec with an obligation to buy. Schalke need the fucking money. They were they were more they they were more likely to do that January first than they were January thirty first. Ben, you know, Davis, he was leaving on a Bosman at the end of the season anyway, so he's more inclined to go to Liverpool than he's to go to uh, Celtic so, or yeah. wherever. Um, mm-hmm. At the end of his contract, is he's going to Liverpool? These are deals that should have been wrapped up at the beginning, and it is quite pathetic that it took another. Let's not forget also, when none of us are naive here, we all know that football clubs, when they're planning to buy a player, will be speaking to the player indirectly in the background anyway. So if Van Dijk and and Matip and Joe Gomez have been getting injured since October, November, it's not like it's not like our centre backs got injured on December the 31st and you haven't been planning for it. 
This isn't a shock, is it? We know for a fact, well, I know for a fact, and I'll tell you guys, we we had the initial conversation about Quebec, September. We then revisited that conversation, November. Um, and then obviously we've gone so back what, really late. You wait for eight Premier League games of January to decide it might be a good decision. It's nonsense. It's stupid. This is the thing. I could, if it was, I tell you, say if it was Upper Meccano and you wait till the very last minute, you kind of right. get it because it's, it's a bigger transfer. That makes sense. But these are small deals that should have been. Oh, these are deals you could do at the beginning of the window as opposed to the last minute of the window. And two million and and, and what I don't get either what I don't get either is even for I think it was for Quebec to come in one uh, not one other Minamino had to go it's like we're using Uh, the money or or, or how did it work with Minamino why did Minamino go then I I thought we used some money from Minamino to had to go because you needed some game time okay so so why can't we hold on to Minamino then why? Why do we have to let him go? Why is Origi still playing instead of Minamino? And that's another. And that's another thing as well. We can actually say this. Um, this is something that we discussed in the group chat as well. Club squad squad utilization has to be a lot better than than going forward. Um, I I did mention this last season as well, but you know it was riding high, so whatever in it. You know what 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 this complaints have to have to do at a time like that. But his squad utilization of players like Minamino. Had, like had to be a lot better. Um, I definitely feel like there's a player in there, and as much as I did say, you know, for certain must-win games, I don't think Minamino should have started. I disagreed with Glam when he said um, Minamino should have started against Tottenham, um, but or, or, or was it against United? I can't remember which one it was. But there were certain games where I definitely feel like we've ran these players into the ground, and we've actually used players like Origi when they didn't need to be used because um, he clearly just offered nothing. Um, so yeah, um, going forward. So my problem here is that you know Van Dijk and Gomez both went out earlier uh, in in the autumn. Since then, Klopp's squad rotation and the way in which he's played the players has been was near on perfect up until the new year. You know we were we were eight points ahead of City at Christmas, so it was like maybe like maybe the owners saw it and they saw okay maybe we don't need a centre back maybe Klopp's doing all right. You know the, the team was doing well. For some reason, since the start of the new year, it's gone completely, completely downhill. I, I yeah. think we rode our luck for 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 a lot of the season. We like remember when Van Dijk and Gomez first went out. We were like, you know what, top four scrap. But we also, and then we, we was able to pick up points. But we rode our luck, and I definitely feel like FSG. I don't know if they're football men or, or not, um, but they def, they feel like, what are we talking about? Like we we've, we've won what? How many games in a row? We're top of the league. We're four. We're like four points clear. We maybe Messi has a game around. Like, let's just ride it out, man. And I definitely feel like behind the scenes, it took Klopp flipping over some tables to be like, get me some fucking centre backs now because I we think, are. Sure. Sorry, yeah. I think Mike Edwards is the football man there, and I think he probably was in Klopp's side saying like, well, we actually slightly need a centre back, and his hands were tied. So he's probably gone through the archives. He's probably gone through, you know, in Excel. When you scroll all the way down and you scroll across <laughs> to like J A or J E, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, that's why you found David. <laughs> like David on on the roll at one hundred or something. <laughs> you, know when get, you know when you get past the alphabet and you get to like A, literally <laughs> yeah A A A B. So you've gone all the way there and you found David. Oh there. shit! <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, we know 
we know the brain trust there is is, is Mike Gordon, Michael Edwards, and Jurgen Klopp. They're the guys who are having these, these consistent meetings, and I guess they were just told the money wasn't available in terms of getting someone substantial in. Which again, I, I, I get, I do understand because you know we're in a panoramic. <laughs> nothing's 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 open. You got no one in the fucking stadium, and everything you know is is fucked up financially. But it's like we were saying before, you can't take the risk. This, you, you know, what the, the patchwork job that Klopp reminds me of. You know, when those old cartoons you used to watch, and it was like a like a fucking Looney Tunes one, and they'd be in a boat, and it just kept the whole loads of holes just kept popping up in the boat, and loads of water just kept coming in it, and they were you know, getting as much water out, but all the holes kept up, and it just got unsustainable to a point. That's essentially what this Liverpool side is at the moment. There's just so many fucking holes that you're going down with the ship regardless. And it, it, it is annoying. And I wasn't going to ask you all this uh, as a bit of a question later on, but this season in particular, how, you know, with a lack of foresight and, and a little bit of penny pinching, I think we can we can all be we can all be uh, growing up about that. Has it really dampened your outlook on FSG? Um, uh, sorry, I, I don't. Do you want to go first, Julian? Go for it. Oh yeah, I know. I'll, I'll go first. Um, it hasn't. It hasn't. Um, I I do believe that you know. This I do believe that you know the, the the self-sustaining model has been amazing because you know we've been able to build successes for players that we that a lot of clubs probably wasn't looking at and it feels and it does feel good you know to have players like Salah Mane, um, Wijnaldum, uh, even even the way they even to my even though I was criticising the way um, we went about the Thiago business and things like that it does help with you know sustaining sustaining our club you know making sure that we're not under what happened with. Um, it went into administration in 2011. I get it, um, but there has to be a time where you kind of got to throw your 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 morals your morals and your your quote unquote plans to decide your model um, your model of buying players, and you need to kind of put the club forward first. And there is no way, and in my opinion, I'm kind of of the belief that there is no way we have one of the richest owners in the Premier League, and you're telling me that you can't you know go go to now invest a bit of money into buying a centre-back when things shit is about to hit the fan. Um, this self-sustaining model of needing to buy to sell is quite frustrating. You know, even with some of the stars that we've had to buy, like Van Dijk, um, we had to sell Coutinho to get him first. Um, to, for, for, for The reason we didn't get back was because, you know, we couldn't find, you know, we couldn't get the right estimate for what we estimated for Origi or for Shakiri or for this or for that. Like, it, it, has, it has its pros and it has its cons. Um, but, you know, it's brought us success. And I do believe, and I actually am of the opinion that in the regular season with um, fans with fans being um, able to generate some revenue and, you know, us not taking so much hits um, with, the, uh, with the stopping of, of football, um, I do think that they would have spent this summer. But the, 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 the lack of passion and the lack of foresight for what was literally a dire situation has kind of dampened how I see FSG, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, yes. Uh, I think there's two places where I really like FSG for one thing, and then there's some I hold a bit of resentment on the other side. And the the bit I really like is kind of similar to what Julian said, which is I think our talent identification and the way we have built the foundations of this team and the way we play has been really natural, really heartwarming, something you can really get behind and something that has sustained us for three years, like we've said. But I think I'm going to use an analogy for why I think I'm a bit annoyed, right? So I think the way FSG approach 
Liverpool Football Club is like they own a restaurant, right? And they have five dishes that they know they sell really well, right? But suddenly, some customers have come in and they've asked for dishes that aren't on the menu. And these are ingredients that they haven't bought and now they can't accommodate for these new customers. And if we consider these customers to be challenges that happen in football, that are common in football, injuries, multiple games, going deep into competitions, it's almost like they built the basics of having a really dependable first team. But the other side of football, of having a squad, having quality you can bring in, having contingency plans for if they get injured, I don't think they did that bit well. And and I think that it's really hard to criticise them because they brought us all of this success. But at the same time, it's almost like they haven't set us up to be in any situation except for the ideal perfect one. So, so much, but to, to your to your backup point, um, one thing I would say with FSG that they that I can't criticise them on, and I personally put this down to players, is that we do have in in an ideal world we do have the, the right amount of backup. We have invested in players like Naby Keita. We have invested in players like Diego Jota. We have invested, we have, we have invested in, you know, players like Matt, um, even the Matip is injury player, Matip, um, et cetera, et cetera. So I do feel like, especially this season, it's, it's an anomaly where, you know, these players that, that are supposed to be our live wire to, uh, off the bench and that I wouldn't start a game have let, not let, let Klopp down and let, let the club down, but, you know, the injuries have played a big toll. Even Ox, you know, signing Ox, like, who would have thought that Ox in 20, in 2016, uh, 2017, sorry, or was it 2017, would have been worth 40 million. I definitely never saw it coming, but there was that kind of investment there. So, yeah, to that point, I do feel like there has been some sort of investment in our bench, but injuries, especially this freak season, has let them down. But then, but then, Julian, I could come back to you and then say, we signed Jota, fantastic signing, I love him, but it took us two to three years to bother to find some competition for that for front three. I could also tell you that we have Andy Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold who are integral to how we play tactically, who if they aren't playing, have no replacement that is sufficient in offering the quality that we depend on. I can also say that we've been willing to take that risk, like you say, with Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, where we spent 40 million, with Thiago, where we spent 30 million, or even Cater when he's fit, Klopp has said that, you know what, if it's not the right mix, I won't play you. So this club is willing to make investments and let the manager choose the team based on what's needed. But we seem to have not done that with the front three or with the fullbacks, who are the most integral parts to how we score goals. So I feel like the club have done well in midfield with reinforcements, but in the attack and in the fullback positions, which are the key ingredients to why we get high up in the table, they haven't put anything in place other than surviving on a perfect set of situations. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'll, I'll quickly jump in. Uh, I'm in the middle with FSG. I, I like a self-sustaining model. Um, I like, you know, I don't want Liverpool to, to, to get to a point where they're out of Nelly admin again, like 10, 10 11 years ago. Um, they've done all right. They've uh, reinvested into the stadium. They're Kirkby. They've got a new training ground there, a new training complex. They've put money into that, which is good. Um, like we all said, the squad up until now has been fantastic. Identification, like uh, Mush said, of players, players like Salah, Mane, Genie, um, Jota, even Alisson, Robertson, 
these players we didn't we when you know when we're doing our our dream teams these are players that we'll never ever put down do you know what I'm saying but they've identified these players and also the manager to get the best out of these players and which was fantastic but my gripe is like the rest of us January 1st we've lost two major centre-backs and we have a um, half-fit Chinese um, we have a half-fit what's it called what's that thing prawn cracker Chinese prawn cracker in Matic I need to think of this word right away. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have we have a uh, a um a biscuit in Matic who 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 is always injured. So you would have thought FSG's infinite wisdom, you go and get a centre back as of January 12 a.m. Do you know what I'm saying? This this is the risk that you're playing with, and I'm not I'm not a fan of of taking risks that you don't need to take. Like you've got the money, yeah. you can even borrow us a little ten million, and we'll pay you back with interest. Fine, when everything's up and running, because I believe COVID is not going to be forever, and it'll it'll be in a in the medium term. We'll be with it in the medium term, but it's not going to be forever. So you give us that loan plus the interest, and we'll pay you back. You could have done that. But you didn't. And now we are 10 points away from Man City where we was 11 points ahead of them or whatever we was ahead of them. So I believe that sometimes you need to take a risk. And that's why a lot of, like, some, well, not a lot, but some Liverpool fans are like, oh, right, they want to mind a little young oil money to come into the team. Do you get me? Like, because, you know, these guys, they're going to give you a little like, 200 million. Like, hey, how's that? You know what I'm saying? But if you're not yeah, really... I, can, I, I can ignore the human rights violation as long as it gets that blood money will be sweet in January. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind a little blood money, you know what I mean? If you're gonna get us a, another forward or another uh, right back or another left back. You say yeah, we got, them, yeah, yeah. We, got, we got bored, so we just brought Real Madrid instead, so you can have all their players. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind that, and I think that's where Liverpool—that's where Liverpool's gripe is. A, lot, a majority of Liverpool fans' gripe is, is that thank you for what you're doing. We do like it, we do enjoy it, but sometimes you just have to take the risk. You just have to like push it out a little bit just to keep us going. So, so my take on FSG is again similar to Ellis. I'm, I'm kind of fifty-fifty, like. Look, they've, they've, they've given us the Champions League and the Premier League, which is, you know, the best moments ever as, 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 for me as a Liverpool fan. I think in the summer, they, for, you know, they, they addressed the positions that they needed to address. They got a left back in, they got a forward in and they got Thiago in. Now, I think the way in which our team works is you don't always need to be having that constant competition for places like we looked at we looked at the tail end of last season, well, even halfway through last season, that Firmino could be a problem here, you know, in terms of his output. So let's just bring in Jota, you know, that helps us, that keeps us moving forward. We saw that Robertson had a, was playing a lot of minutes, brought in a left back there as cover. So I think the activity that they've done in the transfer market, especially in the summer, I had no complaints with. You know, we didn't overhaul the squad completely. I thought we addressed the areas that needed to be addressed. My main problem now is that this is probably the most crucial transfer window in their tenure and they haven't addressed what they should have addressed in in the way I expected them to. So 
obviously at the start of the month, I thought, oh yeah, look, you know, goals is a problem, which I still think is the issue. You know, I still think putting the ball in the back of the net for us is still a big problem. But that centre-back cover also needs to be addressed. And, you know, it's like, as I said on the pod a couple of weeks ago, they've gone for the low low risk with potential high reward option. They should have really understood the risk that can come with us not making the Champions League next year, both on how we're playing, but also off the pitch with the kit deals, attracting players, etc. So, you know, to, to wrap it up, everything that they've done up until the summer, I was really happy with. Look, let's wait and see what, what they bring us in, you know, with Quebec and Ben White. Um, I would have preferred a, a higher, you know, marquee signing, but you know, it is what it is. Um, right now, I'm still pretty fifty-fifty on the two uh, on them. What do you think? Chris? Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm usually. Oh, I wouldn't say pro FSG. I, I think you know what they're doing in terms of not putting any kind of li- liability on the club, any, any debt. I think it's fantastic, especially when you kind of go from what we had to what you have now. But you can't really use that as a measuring stick, if that makes sense. Um, for me, it's all the it's all the additional aspects of what they've done to the club. So you know the development of the stadium to generate more revenue that's fantastic. All the commercial aspects as well they've done unbelievable in that in, in that side. I mean we're still miles away from Manchester United, but you can see where we're generating extra revenue in terms of commercial deals, which is something that we've been lagging on for about ten fifteen years. Um, but we're at that point now as a football club where. We've always been on the cusp of being able to break into that next next sphere, that next level that we need to go to. Because we, we, let's be real, Liverpool are Liverpool are a mega club. They're not a super club. They're a mega club. One of the biggest clubs in, in in the world of football, and we need to consistently maintain that. You've had that one taste of glory, and you want to keep you want to keep that going. You want to keep that train going, really. So there needs to be that little bit of going away from from the script and saying, okay, cool. We need to qualify for top four this season, irregardless, because, you know, finishing outside the top four for Liverpool, it's not acceptable. So we need to spend 20, 20 25 million our centre back. Don't care, just get it done. Get it done January 1st. But the penny pinching for me, and the fact that you've done, you then go ahead and reverse the decision and bring two guys in, with no time to bed them in, and you're throwing them in the deep end as well. It's a bit absurd. It's, it's really mad, and I don't get it. It's, it's insane. And, and, you know, maybe you're thinking, OK, cool, we're not going to bring in a guy who we can't sh- sh- shove off, you know, within 18 months, kind of like the, the Clavan deal, because, you know, we're, we're, we're talking to the agents of uh, Makano and Kanate. We're, you know, we're going to bring one of them in irregardless this summer. Cool, fair enough. That doesn't help me now, though, does it? That doesn't realistically help us right now at this present moment where we have been starving, starving in the centre-back since Virgil went down, really, realistically. As opposed to when um, when Gomez went down as well, and I, I kind of feel I really feel for Shimakas at this present moment of time because for me he might be one of the worst Liverpool transfers in recent memory because <laughs> he's not been able to, he's not been able to stay fit he's not been able to provide the covering to Robertson who has been uh, uh, when was the last time this guy got a rest seriously he's been running an iron brew he's been bro. he's been poor for about a month now as well he's yeah just, you, can't, you can't expect any more from him that's, yeah, that's, that's, man. he squeezed out everything every last bit of juice he's running on he's been running iron brew and Mars bars there's only so no. much that those empty calories can get you and <laughs> Shimikas was, was brought in to be to be cover 
and he's not, he's not been fit, he's not been available. And, you know, the one thing you're being brought in to do, and you can't do it, and the fact that we, as much as we fucking hate the fella, and he is a cunt, we sold Lovren to bring you in, and yeah. we could have fucking done with him this season. Done with him, no. So, the irony. in terms in ter- uh, uh, Julian, I completely agree. <laughs> He's not the best, but you look at when you look at what we're doing now. You, it'd have been it have been a lot better than not having Shimakast available for the vast majority of the season. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's it's insane, but it, it is what it is, and, that's, and this generally brings us full circle to the, the next part of what we're going to discuss. So this current this current squad of players, we've said it for a while. It seems to reach the end of its natural journey, and you know I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big wrestling fan. I'm fucking I'm wearing an Eddie Guerrero t-shirt for fuck's sake. <laughs> famous famous phrase from from Vince McMahon when you know he was looking for the next superstar. He was looking for the guys who were going to step up when you know Stone Cold retired, The Rock went to Hollywood, uh, and certain people were staying down. It's time to shake things up. Who has that ruthless aggression? And you know, I think it's it's come now for, for a lot of the players in this Liverpool team, a lot of the fringe players, more, more than more than others, to kind of we need to move on to that next cycle. We need to move on to that next phase of of Pop's managerial reign. And um, and Mush, I'll, I'll let I'll let you kick this off. We're going to do uh, and uh, for all the listeners, just for full just full disclosure, we're going to do a a longer form pod based on this uh, over on our Patreon page, kind of discussing. The summer of 2021, the summer of availability and the summer of opportunity. So that's going to be more more available on more of this available on our, our Patreon page. But much I'll come to you. What are the steps this this summer that Liverpool should take to kind of bring in this second cycle of the Klopp era? And you can name. I mean, you can free you can freelance this. You can you can take this however you want. You can name you can name the specific players. You can name the strategies that you believe will bring us back to that, those winning ways for next season and beyond. Yeah, I, th- I think um, it's twofold in in the way that I would I would bring about change for this football club um, in a good way, um, and I think the first part is like we've been saying, any top quality those super clubs you're referring to have players who are so good. Whether you look at Madrid, whether you look at Bayern, whether you look at Barca, there are players who sit on the bench sometimes who you think they'd start for pretty much everyone else. Someone like you know the the likes of Odegaard. The likes of, you know, when back when um, Barca had players like Yaya Torre didn't used to start all the time for Barcelona. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, I'm I'm just giving throwaway examples here, but what I mean is that there should be quality and an abundance of it throughout. And I think what that needs to be is on a more realistic level. So I was talking earlier in the day about people like Lucas Vasquez, people like Morata when they were at Madrid. These are players who were scoring 20 goals, getting above 10, 15 assists a season. So these are players who are very good players for league level, but probably aren't as good as, you know, you know, Ronaldo, Benzema's and Bales. So I would want lots of players of that ilk. So uh, we can look in our league or if we're going to do our talent ID, I'm sure there's plenty throughout Europe who bridge the gap between what Divock Origi is and what our front three currently are. And I think um, the other big thing that I would do is there needs to be a new face, I think, to take us into this next phase. And this is not me saying without any gratitude whatsoever, whether it is someone like Mohamed Salah leaving, whether it is Sadio Mane leaving. I don't think Mane will leave because I think 
he really likes being at the club and I think he takes he's happy to be in a supporting cast role a lot better than Mohamed Salah does. So even though I'd do it with all love if he left, if Mohamed Salah was to leave and you either bring in a new nine to freshen it up or you bring in a star-studded winger like your Mbappe type, it doesn't have to be. I'm not saying who it is, but we need a new face and then I would like the average quality of player throughout the team to be big. And that is when I would consider... Liverpool to be ready to play 50 games a season where I expect every game to be Liverpool capable of winning them regardless of who gets injured or what mix of players are on the pitch. Completely agree. <laughs> really well done. Els, I'll come to you next. Kind of same question I posed to, to Mush. You know, your, your vision uh, for this next phase of the clock range. Um, when, you're, when you're talking about it, a couple of players in my head, like players, um, the two players I'll think of obviously was Genie and Bobby. I feel we have got the maximum from Bobby. Um, watching him against Man City, he just looked like a shadow of himself. And um, he, he does this thing where he plays good for two games, then the next game is a bit, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? The touch is not there. So I, I feel he's a player that we can look to replace and possibly bring him down to the bench because you bring him on for like 20 minutes that's the quality that we want coming off the bench. Do you know what I'm saying? So then you can now reinvest that into a, a top, top, top player. Um, I agree with Mush with like you can sell either Salah or, Mane, or Salah or Mane, they will fetch big bucks. But then the, that quality that they have is very, very hard to find. And um, do we have that kind of profit in the banks to, to go and get an Mbappe or, or Haaland? Um, but yeah, my vision for this team is. You improve that bench. Um, you want in in, in an ideal world, a team in a good team, you want at least sixteen good players. That sixteen good players, so that's your first eleven and five top players on the bench. Then you fill it out with youngsters and whatever have you. Um, I don't think Liverpool have that, so we have to look to improve that. So thank you for everything you've done. The likes of Shaq, Origi, um, actually Alex, Alex Oxley Chamberlain. Um, the boys out on loan, your Wilsons, your Shea Ojo's, you know, players that you can get whatever you can get for them and just try and reinvest it back into the squad, get some good emerging talent from across the world and put them on a bench and have them fighting. And the players you're going to bring in that's going to be on the bench, they need to be as good as the first 11 to an, to an extent because once those players, for instance, once a Salah or Mane is out of form, then you've got a Jota at the start of the season who was coming in, bangs a goal. So then those players are looking like, rah, it's a bit tight, you know what I'm saying? That, that, that the level of performance is going to stay up. So that's what Liverpool needs to start doing because you look at Man City and um, Bernardo Silva didn't have a good season last year, but this year he's upped it. Gundogan, he didn't, he's upped it this season. Um, who did they bring off the bench? They brought, was able to bring off Gabriel Jesus who's got like one in two since he's been at he's been at Man City and obviously he's not that rated but I mean that's still a good level and you look at Gabriel Jesus and you look at Divock Origi like which one's going to give you a goal and you know which one's going to give you a goal so that's the level that Liverpool need to be shopping at and that's what for me that's my vision for the next um, Klopp team Alec I'll come to you next same question yeah so I think in, in terms of looking further forward, I think 
immediately the focus is on our team to get through the next six months because for me the next six months is absolutely crucial for us moving forward like if we don't get into Champions League then I know I was telling Mike this like it's not good for my anxiety man because if we end up like back in like 2010 2011 then no I, I couldn't I couldn't deal with that I think moving forward though in terms of transfers and ins and outs the obvious names need to be looked at I'm saying Shaq first and foremost I'm saying Matip I'm saying Origi I'm saying Ox definitely you know that the the refresh needs to happen there in terms of players to bring in I think you know whilst we're still in the Champions League we should look to bring in not you know not like a marquee marquee signing like Mbappe but maybe someone like um maybe someone more attainable like you know like like Haaland and if we can finance that deal through selling Firmino all well and good if it means we have to sell Mane or Salah in order to get Haaland my initial thoughts will be very hesitant to that but if it means bringing in a striker who's young who's hungry who's ready to go to the top then yeah I'm all for it in terms of the centre-back situation, I still think we need a marquee centre-back, a top, top centre-back to come in and and, and be there. Uh, even if Kabak turns out to be a really good defender, even if Joe Gomez and Virgil van Dijk get back up to speed and, and, and they're exactly the same player that we saw uh, last season. Um, I, th- I think I would like Wesley Fofana. I like him. I like, um, I like you know... Th- I feel as though we should go for like a centre back that's like established already in the Premier League. Um, so he sort of fits the bill. I know you've touched on it, James Tarkovsky. Probably not him. Um, but yeah, prob- probably someone like Wesley Fofana, I think, could could help us. Um, I don't think we need any reinforcements in the centre midfield. I, f- I think we're okay there. Um, and and on the win backs, to be honest with you, I think I don't think FSG would go as far as bringing in someone there. Um, if we're going to address the striker and, and defensive situation. I think we'll have to get by with another year of Trent doing the whole season then probably Robbo. Julian? Um, next season, it would depend on, especially with this, with us getting rid of some players, I definitely feel like FSG have to bite the bullet and take a loss. Um and I know that's something that they're very hesitant to. And by a loss, I mean financially. So, for example, um, the selling of Origi was probably, you know, upwards of 25 mil, 30 mil, maybe to 40. But we've got to be realistic. And with some of these players, man, like, if, if, if an offer comes in next season for maybe 15 to 25 million, Origi has to go. Um, also, players like Shaq was probably expecting um, upwards of 10 million. If we get eight, I'll be, I'll bite your hand off and take it now. Um, yeah, we get eight million for Shaq. I'll drive to the fucking airport myself. <laughs> <laughs> I would do. That. I would do. I'll, I'll, we, we need to start taking. We need to start taking. Um, Genie. I mean, looks like he's out. The, he's out the door. Um, we're not going to make any money off him, but him being off our wage books, we've got to reinvest that. And also, with with um, with with players like uh, we, we've got we've got to also um, bypass some players like you know how much I I, I despise Nino. And I, I personally, if we can get some money off him, um, he's a player that I personally feel that he's too good for us to just flog him for any price. I mean, he's has too he's had too many moments. Even though 
I'm not his, not his biggest fan. He's had too many moments for us to not try to get a good price out of him. But in this in this current climate, financial climate, who knows? But next season, he definitely can't start for us. He's we we've gone we've surpassed him um, in terms of what he um, brings. He, he hasn't really brought um, the qualities that we used to praise him for for the last maybe two seasons, two and a half seasons. So I think it's about time that that front three gets shaken up. Um, I agree with um, what Mush said. If a substantial offer comes in for either Salah or Mane, I pr- I personally prefer it to be Salah because I feel like we can get a lot more of him. We can we can make some moves in terms of by bringing in someone like maybe Mbappe or Haaland, who knows. But also I I do think like we should so- we should shop around in the prem, and I also do feel like Liverpool at this current stage, you know, we, we need to swing our dick about a bit and be like, yo, Basuma, you're gonna come in, but guess what? You're not you're not starting. You you. We'll sit on you. You you will play games, but you you're, you're not going to be our starter. You go to Brighton, possibly offer them what they what they ask for Basuma. You be like, yeah, Basuma, you're going to sit on the bench for Fabinho when when he's back at the end. Um, even even um with the reports that's coming up with Varane, I would love us to go in for Varane, fifty million, fifty million for Varane, and possibly Toljo Gomez. Um, as much as I do love him, yeah, man, you're still young, you still got time at the club. Um, but next season, um, it's going to be have to be Varane and Van Dijk at the back. Um, I agree with Anik as well that our fullback positions um, um, will have to largely remain the same. I don't really see a right back in the market that we can go for. If I'm honest, I, I haven't been watching around Europe. Maybe a Mukiele from RB Leipzig is someone that would. Like He's a good player. Um, Congolese as well, so I'm pretty biased. I can't lie to you. But yeah, man, <laughs> someone like Mukiele would be, be good. <laughs> someone like Mukiele would be um, good for us to bring in as well. If um, you know another right back option, but again, you have to swing our dick about and be like, "Yo, listen, if you're going to come in right now, the same way that we've done with Diego Jota, we have our we have our established team. So you're just going to have to prove prove yourself, and you, you're going to have to put in some performances to really stay your claim in the team. Um, so I definitely feel like there's a couple of players. Genie's going to be gone. Um, I think Milner has gone next summer, so I wouldn't worry about him. Ox, if we can fetch a good price off him. Uh, get him out of here as much as as much as we can. I'll t- I'll literally take twenty five million buy a hand off, um, and possibly reinvest in someone like Pesuma and tell him to sit on the bench. I would really really love for us to get someone like Haaland or Mbappe next season. Um, they will take our they will take our our front three to a different dimension. And hey, they 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 will also someone like Haaland and Mbappe will also tell Salah Mane yo like and also the club that's also a statement to Salah Mane saying yo as much as you've been superstars for us. We don't need we, like this season because of the because of one of these two. We don't need to you know always find you to get goals. Um, we're going to get goals all around the pitch. And Salamani, it might be a bit of an ego hit for them, but they'll have to take it if they if they really if they really care about Liverpool. Um, so yeah, FSG man, this 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 summer take a loss. Um, you know, loan us a couple a couple um, a couple million to get these players in and we'll pay back with interest because I believe in Klopp that if we're able to get these players in and really shake up this team, even if it means our net spend this season has to be about like 120 mil, which is probably unrealistic, but hey ho, I can only hope for only hope for the best. Um with a elite manager like Klopp, the best we've ever had, the best there was, the best there will and the best there the best there whatever Brett Hart said. That, that we've seen at Liverpool. Best there ever will be. <laughs> will be. But like, like Brett Hart said, from what we've seen at Liverpool, I believe that we can do well. But yeah, man, FSG, it's, it's really, really all dependent on FSG and also our model of selling players because we need to take losses on some of these guys 
and and just accumulate some money to reinvest. Sorry, so sorry. Yeah, my thoughts. Um, Coach, I just want to add a super quick point, just like literally just one sec, was that I think Liverpool definitely need players who change the profile of the team so we can change what we look like tactically sometimes. And I know I've used the Madrid example, but if you guys recall in 2017, especially, there used to be times where they'd go away from home or something and it would be a narrow diamond with like Isco at the tip. But then suddenly in the home leg, it's 4-3-3. So you've got completely different ways where if you want to shake the game up, City used to do it when they used to put Torre in the 10. There, there should be different ways of winning a football match rather yes. than the one. But yeah, yeah, sorry about that, Chris. I do apologise, bro. Yeah, no, no problem. I think that's, that's a really good point, by the way, because I always... I think there's definite scope as well for another... Ba- uh, a, a starting striker and then another backup striker as well. So you want that Giroud-Jeco type. And I always bang on about this guy. Well, there's a guy who plays for Wolfsburg called Val- Valkhorst. Um, oh yeah, who yeah. is big guy, isn't it? he's big, big fella, uh, <laughs> big fella with a soft touch. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he can, he's he's, he's he's really good. Uh, I'll send you all some stats on him later on, but he's he's fantastic. He bangs goals and he gets assists. So for someone who you want to come in as a rotational basis, I think that's a, a player you should definitely target for. Uh, but to hear all of my thoughts on this, you'll have to subscribe to the Patreon page again, three pound a month. And hear um, what we do for the summer of 2021 show. There you go. Consummate professional as always. Um, Love that. Love that. By the way, Chris, I just want to get one more thing in. Yeah. Nabby for me. Yeah. Last chance now. Next season's your last chance. Otherwise, that's it. you got to go, man. Yeah, You better better be bulking up in the gym, yeah, and getting strong. Otherwise, that's it. Yeah, you know what? I was going to mention Nabby, yeah, but then... (sighs) Do you know what I mean? Like... Like, I, I was going to mention that, you know, we flog him off here, but I want to feel sorry for him. But then, you know, I'm not going to lie. Today, you guys, um, I think someone put in a Naby Keita plan. And I got so angry. I got so angry. <laughs> I was like, our number eight, we need some sort of specialist plan to get him man got Man got a PT plan, you know. I was so angry. When the fact I that we've got this guy... I'm like, you remember the, the montage from Rocky Four? Yeah. This is essentially what we're doing with Kaiser to get fit at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Running it's up insane. the stairs. Like, <laughs> we, we, are buying, like, wood on it. we are buying new specialists, like, we are, like, employing new specialist doctors. Literally, <laughs> get the best out of this done. Like, it's actually tragic. I, I was so close to, like, in, the, in that list that I just mentioned to say, Nabi K, you can fuck off and get, and that, like, if we get that 20 mil for you, this dip because you're you're causing us more stress. You're causing us. I'll allow it. I'll give him one. Literally, I've got one, one, more one more in me. I've got one more in me, and then if it, if after next season it's still the same shit, fam, just go, just dip, man. Like, yeah, I can't by say then, it. by then it'll be four years. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've cashed in. I've cashed in. I've said, you know what? Seventeen, eighteen. It's never going to happen again. Thanks no. for the amazing, amazing, amazing run. He's one of my favourite players of that season. He gave me a lot of banter. I was able, I was able to laugh at Arsenal fans, at, <laughs> at, you know, at, you know, at what he was able to give us. But bam, I'm done. This guy is 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 out of it. Like, I, I just go West Ham or something. Like, go, go. Like, I don't know, I don't know, man. I don't know where you're gonna go. Lingard is popping off right now, so I don't even know if you'll be able to secure move there. But man, <laughs> but Naby K is on last chance to lose next season because this season's already a write off. 
Just going back to the Ox point, by the way, um, I think he's probably got one more season left in him. No, no. To prove. So. I, I, so I think. I think. I think, I think for the club. I, I'm looking from the club's point of view. He's one of the younger midfielders, so I think they're going to kind of give him the league way, the leeway, and he signed a new contract not so long ago. So I still think they've got high hopes for him. Well, he might need to have. Yeah, I, I think he might need to have a fucking preseason with this new fitness doctor as well, because Jesus Christ, the muscle injuries this guy has. Well, a quick question before oh, and we move on to the, the, the fringe players. Do you think he needs to be starting every game from now to the end of the season? Just to get him up a bit of speed, and then you can evaluate where you go in the summer with him. Because he's a player, I think. Ox. He's like, Ox, yeah. He's a player for me. I think he needs, he needs five, six games to get, get ahead of steam on it. To be honest, I, I do get what you mean. Um, Ox is a kind of momentum kind of player. Um, but what I'm scared of is in those five or six games, what he will actually do. Like, this guy is a loose cannon. So I, I don't know. In those five or six games, is it worth, especially with the dire, the dire situation that we're in now? Is it worth? Is it really worth like replacing Thiago for him? I, I honestly don't know. But what I do agree with is that with our front three being in such a state that they were that they're in at the moment, um, especially with Mane and m- mostly Mane and Firmino not not bringing in the goals, Ox is someone that can provide more goals from midfield that that we have available to us. So yeah, I do get your point there. I I, I would actually. Um play Ox out wide and I'll say why it's more because like you're saying Chris you're completely right Ox needs a run of games to to get sharp right so playing in the centre of midfield he just doesn't have the sharpness right now to look effective and he keeps losing confidence playing in the middle because he's turning into trouble he's running into trouble at least if he's out wide or plays as one of the front three what you can basically tell him is look mate you get the ball Start running at your opponent. Whatever happens, good or bad, just keep trying to make something happen. And what you'd hope is that as the games progress, he'll do less and less shit stuff. I think that's the best way I can word it. Until he's he's at a level of confidence where he wants the ball again and he feels like he can make a difference in the team. Because right now he just seems to be hiding away because he feels like he doesn't yeah. fit in with everyone else's sharpness level. I agree with that because I think the runner games he gave Shaq, he probably should have given to Ox. Exactly. Definitely. Exactly. Definitely. One million percent. One million percent. Oh, hey, listen, if I see Shaq, brother, do not speak too much in it, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll kick you. You know what I mean? That's by the way. He'll be with Bobby Schmurder's app. Fuck you now. Well, I think for Ox, I think you're right. Chris with Ox because he's had so much time out but the momentum he just needs that momentum just to get his sharpness in and with Mush saying that he needs to play on the, on the like, either side of the uh, centre forward it would be good to see him there but oh he plays terrible there bro he's, he's never filled me with any confidence playing on the wing ever yeah, really now, I, think, I think the solution to Mushy's problem is in this as well you go back that 4-4-2 diamond you put him on the right of the diamond yeah there you go. yeah Definitely. Yeah, the, problem is, the problem is with Ox as well is that like, he only has one direction and it's straight. forward. Straight. This is the thing though. Like, this, is, this, is kind of, this is kind of why I think why I'm surprised he wasn't playing. With Ginny, you, he's going back. The, fucking, the amount of times you've seen the ball go on the edge of the box and go back to Allison, I'd, I'd be a millionaire. At least with Ox, I know he's going to go in one... He's, yeah, he's going to penetrate in one direction for us. But... 
it's yeah, we just we just need a little bit of guile and to random midfield. You're not, you're not pissing me off about Genie as well, yeah. This is just this is completely off topic as well, yeah. He always gets the ball, yeah, and his hands are always out. Every time, always out trying to find someone to, like, hold on to all the time. He's, he's a shield merchant, man. He's yeah. a shield merchant, I'm telling he's you. He's so angry, man. Like, oh, I've never seen him, man. Go forward. I'm out of trouble. They go back into trouble. I'm going to go back into trouble, yeah. And he's looking around trying to find trouble, like, bro. Just get the ball. I don't find on. trouble. And trouble finds me. Oh, man. He's a funny guy, bro. Hilarious, yeah, Donnelly. Makes me laugh. <laughs> we did touch on the fringe players earlier on, so uh, I mean, I think we can all agree the main focus. I think Els touched on it perfectly as well. Um, for, for the outgoings, is you just recruit what you can because I mean, w- w- with Shaq, I mean, Shaq's this. Sh- I, I always feel like I'm hammering on about Shaq, but he's the perfect case study, unfortunately, for this. He was offered a move to Hertha Berlin um, this January, and he turned it down. Now, fair enough, Hertha Berlin are in a relegation battle in Bundesliga. But at some point, you need to realise where your level is now as a player. Now, you can be... And, and the thing with Shaq is, he generally thinks he's the best player in this Liverpool team. Yeah, like, he, he backs himself. And you know what? Fair play. I wish I had that confidence, but I'd, I'd, I'd be on a With the career he's had, let's be honest, and with the things that he's won and the teams that he's been at, Barstoke, let's be honest, like, he can have that kind of, like, no, like, fam, man's, man's played at Bayern Munich and won Champions League. I played for you, man, and won, like, the league and Champions League. And, I, like, I, I get why he has this idea in his head, but, big man, you're just not that wavy. Like, you're, you're, those, those trophies and medals that you have are a false image. Like, you're all right. You're, 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 you're decent, but you're not, you're not above Hertha Berlin. Because you was playing at Stoke before we grabbed you. Know what I mean? That's his yeah. level right now. That's the thing. That's the thing. You know what I mean? So he needs to be the big. I feel like he needs to go back to that level where he's the big fish in the small pond. Facts. And the sooner you and the sooner you kind of realise that, the sooner you can kind of you, you you're getting close to thirty. You're close to thirty than you are back into your your, your younger days. So you need to kind of, kind of do that and grab the rest of your career by the by, by the balls really and kind of fulfil the remaining dreams that you have left. Um, Origi, I think it's a better best for all parties if you just move on. Um, again, I, he could be a, he could be a good player somewhere else. If you know, he'd be a fantastic Serie A striker. It's a slower pace of football. He'd be good. Racist abuse aside, he'd be, fine. He'd be perfect there. Um, who else was thinking? Uh, Harry Wilson. Again, all best for all parties involved. You're not going to be a player at Liverpool, top end Championship team. Go. Do do what you do. Look at Ryan Kent. And Ryan Kent. Ryan, yeah, Ryan Kent backed himself, and now he's one of Rangers' best players. And he could possibly get himself a Premier League move. Leeds was so linked to him. You know he's what I mean? Player, it's, right? He's really good. Yeah. Um, and it goes again. Matip, if a decent offer comes in for Matip, I think you just tell him you get rid of the problem. Um, you know, Adrian's going to be leaving. But again, with with, with with these fringe players, it's like we were talking about earlier on. We need to make sure we're bringing the right kind of players as well. And one of the things for me is that we need to do is, is kind of look at speed more than anything. One thing we've lacked off the bench massively is speed. So, I mean, we were all talking about speed and tech, really. So we were all talking about Rafina from, from Leeds earlier on. I think you just go out yeah, and say, fuck it. Yeah, yeah. We'll, give, we'll give you 25, 30 million for it. No, I can't lie to you. No, no. no. When, it comes, when it comes to the front three, I want a marquee signing. I want an Mbappe. I'm yeah. tired. I want... No, I want... I, no, I, 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 That's I not the marquee signing. That's not yeah, the market. That's, 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 that's the market. 
if that's the mark he's signing, I'm, I'm just going to do wrestling full time. Do you honestly think that we're, we're, I think Rafinha won. Now he's a, an established Premier League player with Leeds. Leeds will take it, and I don't know. I don't know how long his contract is is, is is for. But Leeds will ask for definitely more than thirty million. And I don't think I don't think FSG are prepared to pay that much for a player of, of Rafinha's quality. If that makes well, what sense. What you can what you can do then is you could probably just go a swap deal. You could say, all right, cool. They had an interest in the Rigi. We'll give you. 15 million quid in the Rigi. So something like something like that. Yeah. Maybe look at it from that point of view. Um, but but we need to get better. But Bamford looks amazing though, so I don't know if... Yeah, Bamford's good. If Leeds, if Leeds are going to... Because we've kind of seen that Origi isn't flexible, um, tactically flexible enough to play on the wing, especially for a team like Leeds. So if Bamford, he's going to... And if, if I am Origi, if I'm honest, like, let's be honest, Origi has enough credit in the bank to be like, yo, I'm coming in, whatever team I go to next, I want to be the starting number nine. And I don't think uh, Leeds will offer him that after Bamford having such a good season. That's just my opinion. Yeah, but I think that's a running example, though, isn't it? Like Chris is saying, like, ultimately, in the same way Keanu Hoover was part of the Jota transaction, in a way, we can always use these players as leverage. So I don't, it doesn't need, need to necessarily be Leeds, but... There, there might be a way. You know how football works, where yeah. one transfer sets off a merry-go-round of of, of different yeah. transfers and causing things to happen. I'm hoping that's what kind yeah. of initiates. I think Leipzig, Leipzig were interested in Origi. I saw one report in during January. Well, Open Bucano, Origi, give them a little young thirty million, forty million plus Origi. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think Glad Gladback as well. I Gladback think... like that kind of profile. If Turam leaves. Um, I think I think Gladbach would go for him. To be fair, the Gladbach one would be interesting, by the way, because we've got that interest in Dennis Sakaria. So oh, yeah. you yeah. kind of say money, you can have a Rigi, and and Gladbach are good. They're a really good team. Really um, good team. I think he'd do well there, um, and the, I think they'll be really if they keep Marco Rose, Rose as well. Um, they definitely want want to, want to look at that. But yeah, I think I think the fringe players is definitely something we definitely we one hundred percent need to look at. And again. If you want to kind of get a more full picture on this, then we're going to dedicate a lot of time over on our Patreon page to this. So do, do head over to www.patreon.com forward slash copy and fracas and subscribe today. Um, before we close off this part, I want to ask you all, I'm going to go one by one. What do you think the strategy needs to be now for the remainder of this campaign? And kind of looking to this weekend's clash against Leicester, what would your lineup be? Mush, I'll start with you. Sorry, it's a bit on the spot, especially the lineup. <laughs> yeah. um, lineup. Fuck me. Um, okay, lineup. I would go for Fabi. I'd go Fabinho, Fabinho, Jones, and Genie in midfield. Uh, get Fabinho back in the base. I'd get one of the centre backs in, uh, if not both. Um, and then I would play the normal front three, go a bit more box to box. And the strategy, sorry, just for the rest of the season is two things. Get the wheels in place for what you want to do for next season, because I don't think it's realistic that we're going to achieve anything in terms of finishing top. But the other thing is players we've invested in, Thiago Jota, get them more and more acclimatised to feeling important for the team, because in the coming years they're going to be pivotal. So find a way of maximising that. Julian? 
Uh, I'll start with the lineup for this week. Um, yeah, Klopp, we need this this playing playing our centre mid, that centre back thing has to end. Um, especially Henderson being there, so I'm going to say, fuck it, um, just throw in Kabak and, and Davis because at this point we're away, we've got nothing to lose. Um, the, the, the normal back, um, so the normal fullbacks, uh, Fabinho, Henderson, and Thiago. So I definitely don't think all the feel like Thiago um, has been given. You know, he, he should be omitted from the from the starting lineup because he hasn't been uh, he hasn't been given the best the best midfield to work with, especially. Um, you know, if we have our normal midfield, let's see what he has there. And then if he, you know, still performs to the level that he's been at, then, you know, just t- tell him to tell him to take a seat for Jones. Um, our normal front three um, up against Leicester. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe I would say um, Mane have a rest because he looked a bit, he, thought, he, he did look like he, he, wasn't, he wasn't ready to come back yet. And maybe as as crazy as it sounds, and play Origi as well. Oh no, no, no! But this, this, and I only say, and I only say this. I literally, Julian, as you were talking, I was thinking, please don't say it. Please don't yeah. say what I so think you're right. But I feel like, especially with this season, and this is just not a Liverpool thing where we um, a lot of players have been rushed back, and I don't want that having an effect on the rest of our season. So if Mane, if Mane is not fully fit. I definitely feel like he's better off because seeing him pay with with a with a little niggle in his thigh or his leg is it's quite painful to watch. It's not a good it's not a good sight. So I rather I rather have Origi who's fit than Mane and maybe bring Mane on on the 60, 70th minute. Um, and for the rest of the season, in all honesty, I think we should ride our luck and get a good Champions League run. Um, I do feel like we will get through the first round. And quarterfinals will be very, very sticky. But then again, no one really looks that great this season, if I'm honest. Um, and for the rest of the for the rest of the Premier League season, we've got uh, we've got um, we've got to we've got to ride it out. And Jordan needs to come back. I feel like him coming back will spark a little fire in our in our season and, and get us up and running. Hopefully. Um, yeah, yeah. Honestly, like the Premier League season is looking a bit, it's looking mad shaky still. I'll be honest. Uh, I don't know what to expect, but top four minimum. And when's when Jota back? I'll, I'll say the next I think he's back in training. training this week. So probably Leipzig, probably. Interesting. Which isn't the worst. Which isn't the worst to answer with you. So. I give him a little bit of le- lease of life, but it's, it's fun to know that all all roads lead back to Divock at the end of the day. And also, <laughs> <laughs> and also with our, the re- another reason I rest Mane as well is that we've got the Champions League coming up soon, and I'd rather have yeah. Mane lease it for that than you know a game at Leicester. So, yeah. And Nick, we'll come to you next. Yep. Yeah, so starting lineup for Leicester, it will probably be you know if 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 Allison's injured or whatever. Let him rest. I'll play Kelleher in goal. I'll play Trent a right back. I'll play Kabak left centre back. I'll play Fabinho right centre back. I'll play Robbo left. I'll play um, Hendo, Wanyaldum, and Jones in midfield. No, Thiago. I'll play Salah, Mane, and Firmino up front. I think um, we got to have. So then on the outlook for the remainder of the season, like. As harsh as this sounds, like it's up to every one of those players now, including the fringe players, to prove themselves. Like 
we can't harp on about the injuries. We can't go on about Jota being back. We can't go on about, you know, quality players being in the starting lineup. It's time we pull up our big boy shorts and get the job done. Because if we don't get top four, then this, this, this could be a real, real problem for us. Now, even if some of these players, I don't know, Wijnaldum's got his head in Barcelona, Shaq's thinking, oh yeah, I can end up a her for Berlin. You mentioned that today, Christian. That hurt me, man. Shaq, Shaq needs to know that he's better than her for Berlin. So all of these players, they need to step up now, and including the manager. They, they need to all step up and deliver because seriously, if we don't get top four, this is, this is catastrophic for us. It really, really is. On the Champions League, that will give us an opportunity to, you know, to take our mind off the Premier League and hopefully we can put together a good run there. We've shown that we can go far in that competition in recent years. So hopefully we can put a good run together there. But first and foremost, it's up to the players, the manager, everyone. We have to get top four at all, at, at all costs. We have to make sure that happens. I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with Berlin. Lovely city. Get a good <laughs> Not for Shaq. Shaq's better than that. Shaq, <laughs> I, I, I kept quiet on that. I kept quiet on that, but then I was like, no, no, no. No, Shaq is not better than that, my guy. Berlin is alright still. Yeah, before we round up, uh, for me, I'll go with um, Kabak and Davis at the back. I don't know what, how up to speed they are with the tactical stuff, but just chuck them. Vardy's out. back, you know. Yeah, so, some, no, I, I think this is the thing, though. Yeah. At some point, you just got to say, fuck it. Yeah, you have to. Would you not, you have not to. just have to get <laughs> one by one, though? Like, would you not ease one in and then help the other acclimatise rather I, than... Nah. Both? For me, I do, I do what Anik did. I probably do Kabak and Fabinho. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I just think it's terrorism to put both in. Trust me. It is. It is, it is terrorism. <laughs> no, it is, it is. I get you, but at the end of the day, season finishes in May. We're in February. So we have yeah. nothing yeah. to lose right now. You know what I'm saying? To be honest with you as well, sometimes, sometimes terrorism wins. Yeah. <laughs> what a sad indictment on society that is. Well, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you just have to go. Yeah, people, it, people um, say they don't negotiate with terrorists, but then you end up yeah. negotiating with terrorists. So, yeah, well welcome, done, welcome to Al Qaeda fracas, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> if, if we do, but to be fair, to be fair, to be fair to um, Phillips, he didn't do much wrong. He was good, play. man. Last two games, he did well. You know what I'm saying? So West Ham, he was really good. So I, I don't understand why he's been dropped. But for, okay, if you want to, I'll probably play Kabak and Phillips. Yeah, so I'll, I'll I'll play that as well. Yeah, I, 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 West Ham wasn't bad. He wasn't bad. I, I, that's what I'll do. Um, obviously the the fullbacks. I don't know about maybe Robertson has probably got a knock, but hopefully the week off will allow him to rest up. Then I'll just put Fabinho and uh, Henderson in the midfield with uh, yeah. with Jones with Jones to be fair. Um, that's a good one. Yeah, and then the um the normal front three. I'm with I'm with Julian in regards to Divock and Mane because Mane didn't look sharp at all. Like there was times he just looked so laboured, and it was really painful to see. Like he will try and sprint, then he's head is thinking, brother, I'm not in this today. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I'll probably I'll, I'll do that. That's the team I'll go. With. So I'll go with Origi and uh, Firmino and Salah uh, for the rest of the season. We want a bit of consistency, man. We just want to get back to just playing good, winning, winning good. Uh, that's what we're looking for. 
because if you can, if you're consistent and you take it into the Champions League, and if you can just keep on winning games, then you never know. You can get to the a final. You can end up winning the whole thing. You finish as high as possible in 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 the top four in it. So that's what we should be just looking for. And and also with Jota coming back, we want to try and integrate him into the team. Like Mush said, integrate Thiago into the team. Just get a bit of consistency going where you don't have to chop and change once every one and a half games. So that's what we should be looking for. I think the thing for me, um, most importantly than anything, is just you stop, you stop losing. As silly as it sounds, you just stop losing. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that this is kind of like the... Uh, this is like the, uh, the, post, the post-Spurs moment. Because we went, after that game, I think we went about 19 games unbeaten in all competitions. So I think you, you simply need to do that. And look, title's gone now. Title's gone as soon as you lost to Brighton. You know what I mean? It's it confirmed then. For me, it's probably more uh, Burnley more than anything. But you need to kind of adjust yourself now. Okay, cool. You've not got to win every single game. You can drop points here and there. But you can't lose. That's the one thing you can't do. You, you can't. You, you, you can't you can't lose you can't lose games of football now. You can go at a lower points per game. You can go at two points per game. That'll do you through. All you gotta do is finish in that top four. Ideally, you want to finish second because at least then you can kind of save some face and say, okay, we were the second best team in the league. It counts for fuck all, but at least it gives you something better to build on for next season. Um, for me, at, at the at the weekend, yeah, I got Allison Gold trying to right back. I probably do Kabak and Fabinho as the centre backs. Um, I think you need to get Henson to the field. Ideally, I'd want both, but I don't know if I can throw both of the guys at centre back. It's it's mad, but it might be something you just have to do. You guys say you guys say fuck it. You guys sometimes you take the risk. I think you may replace Shimakasa left back. Give Rob all the rest. Yeah, on that left hand side will be Kabak and Shimakasa. Okay. Fair enough, yeah. Fair enough, yeah. I'm all for it now. (laughs) This is what I said earlier on. It's like, this is why I think he might be the worst Liverpool sign in recent memory. He's he's brought him for cover and we can't can't play him. This Leicester game is a must win, though. They are are top four albums, so. Big, big game. Big game. Big game. Away as well. So, Shimikas. 12.30 kickoff. Yeah. Yeah, so Shimakas. Yeah, it's a shame in the middle. It's a shame in the middle. Not for that. <laughs> I think for the midfields, I think you got to do Henson at the six, and then I don't want to play Thiago, but you play Thiago, and you play fuck it, play Ox, and then front three, maybe you give Mane a rest, play Jones on the left. Bobby in the middle and um, and Mo on the right. It's a must win. It's a must win game. But if some players are carrying knocks, you got to think of the long. You got to think of the longer term than the shorter term. And this this run we're about to embark on now is truly. It's the it's it's, it's the flashpoint. You know what I mean? Not to be a fucking nerd, but it's 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 the point where it'll define everything going forward. This is the moment where you kind of set you, you find you finalise what your strategy is going to be for the summer. Exactly. Because we have to. Yeah, we, yeah, carry on, carry on. With everything that's going on, we have to finish that four. That has to be the minimum. Yeah, I, I think we just got to just draw a line in the sand, put behind us the Anfield record, put behind us the one goal at Anfield, put behind us this disaster that we've had, you know, losing so many points on City. 
we just have to draw a line in the sand and just move forward now. And and, and we can't let that linger in our thoughts or, or dwell on it too much longer. I think what's what's really frustrating is that I thought the Spurs game and all of the pieces that worked well, which was Bobby finally sticking, Mane and Salah finally scoring again. I thought that line in the sand that you guys are talking about, that was the moment. But every time it feels like we're coming out of that space, we don't truly escape it. And it's just, I just, I just think that realistically, rather than hoping for this big, massive turnaround from one moment, we just need to see a progressive change where we're more confident. Because I'm bored of these like, yeah. bored of these like epiphanies that we're having. They're just not coming at the moment. Yeah. You know, we've not um, we've not won three games on the bounce all season. That's great. There you go. There you no, go. Three, three is, as we well know, the magic number. Maybe we just hit, need to hit that point to put a little bit of a run together. Yeah. I'm, 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 and this is the thing: I'm not saying we need to win every single game from now to the end. Yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. Just re- reduce the losses, kind of thing. Reduce the losses. Get it done. The one thing that you need to do is you need to stop losing, because that'll mm. be the that'll be the, the thing that kind of brings you back, brings, brings you back to earth. And on that positive note, um, <laughs> <laughs> that has been this week's episode of Coffee and Fracas. Um, again, pre- appreciate all the support, even when we're <laughs> even when we're doing a bit in a bit of shit. And um, you know, if, if you want more Liverpool coverage, it is more upbeat on Patreon. Don't get, get, get wrong. We've got AOB, so that's the positive uh, pod we've got on at the moment. Um, then please do head over to our Patreon page. That is www.patreon.com forward slash Coffee and Fracas and subscribe to us free time of today. Uh, Stay safe, stay indoors, keep your mental health protected, and we'll see you this weekend for uh, our post Leicester. Uh, actually, we've got, the, we've, got the, we've got the Leicester preview this week as well. I've rattled myself here, I think I've got the results and what's to come. But we <laughs> rain or shine, like the post office, we'll be there, and we will see you soon. Thank you very much. Peace. Podcast Network.